Welcome to the Cross Lane Podcast, a community committed to bringing people to Jesus. So the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at, at words that come up a lot around Christmas time, and these aren't just any words. They, they are words that are tied to this time of year and this tradition called Advent. And Advent is all about preparing for Christmas, preparing for the arrival of Jesus. And we've talked about hope. A couple of weeks ago and last week we talked about peace and today we're going to talk about joy and here's the thing about joy it's it's probably not a word that we use often and when we hear it we, we might think uh, of happiness and so for example if you find a five dollar bill in your pant pocket you experience happiness joy is when you find a twenty dollar bill right or happiness is when your employer gives you a turkey for Christmas Joy is when they give you a promotion with a 10% pay increase, right? It makes sense, except for that's not really how joy works. Happiness and joy may appear similar, and, but there's, there's really more uh, to one of these words just being a stronger version of, of the other. And so happiness is a reaction, okay? Uh, sometimes things happen to you, to the people you love, or, or to the circumstances that you're living in, and you react to those circumstances by being happy. You didn't do anything, you just feel happy because something happened to you. Uh, for example, maybe you, d- you just had a really cool life experience, you feel happy, or you, you have a prayer answered and a circumstance in your life works out. Or maybe you get some good quality time with a friend, or you receive an amazing gift, or, or, you're, or you're just entering into an exciting season like Christmas. And all of those things are great, but they aren't exactly joy. Joy is different than that. Maybe you've heard of the phrase, choose joy. Well, just choose joy, right? But let's be honest, like that seems exhausting or sounds exhausting. Like it just makes joy seem like uh, good vibes only, or at, you have to act like everything is fine in life even when it isn't, or, you're, or you can only focus on the good stuff in your life and just ignore all of the bad stuff, which sounds impossible and really probably totally fake, if that's what it is. And I, I think joy is deeper than that. It's more lasting. It doesn't ignore the hard stuff in life, but it doesn't let the hard stuff in life determine how you feel. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I stole this from Pastor Brett, the saying, change your attitude, change your day. I've used that as a parent. I've used that as a husband, which I, gets me in trouble. Um, <laughs> You know, honey, just change your attitude. You change your day. It's amazing how that works, right? So, but it's true. It's a true statement. It, don't, don't ignore the hard stuff in life, but don't let the hard stuff in life determine how you feel. And I don't know about you, but that, that's something that I definitely want in my life. Joy is deep gladness and calm delight and cheerfulness. That's the dictionary definition. And so, How do we experience that? How do we have joy when things change and life goes differently than we thought it was going to go? How do do we ignore the difficult stuff? Uh, How do we not ignore the difficult stuff but find a way to make it through that? Do we keep waiting for joy just to happen to us? Do we give up on it? Is there a way to experience joy no matter what is going on in the world? There's a place where we can choose to look where joy will always be possible. Not just around Christmas time, but every time. 
no matter what we expect or want, but no matter what. So in the New Testament, uh, most of you know the Bible split into two parts, Old Testament, New Testament. In the second part of the Bible, there's a book named Luke. Luke was also the author of this particular book. Luke's account gives us a lot of information about Jesus' birth. Now, what's interesting about Luke is Luke was a Gentile. Most of the writers of Scripture were, were Jewish. Luke was not. He was a Gentile. Gentile just simply means that he wasn't Jewish. And therefore, Luke would have largely been excluded from the Jewish religious community. He, he, he wrote this letter to an audience of people who were also not Jewish, who were Gentiles. And so the details he included were there for a specific purpose. He wanted the readers to know who weren't Jewish to know about the birth of Jesus was for them too. And he wanted his readers to know that Jesus was nothing like the Roman leaders that they were used to uh, in the day. So Luke, Luke tells us about things like how Jesus, the Son of God, was born in a manger instead of a palace. Uh, he, he told us that Jesus was born to an unmarried teenage girl and not a rich family in the Jewish community. And in Luke 2, he tells us how a group of shepherds, a job that would have made them dirty and unclean according to Jewish religious law, and really, therefore, outcasts of society, were some of the first to hear the news of Jesus' birth. In other words, Luke wanted them to know that Jesus changed everything. Luke wanted his readers to know that Jesus and the message that he represented was far different than anything that they had ever heard before. And even better, that the message was for everyone. So Luke writes this in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the shepherds are just kind of out in the field, minding their own business in the middle of the night when an angel appears. And if you've ever read about angels showing up in the Bible, they, they always lead with, do not be afraid, which makes me wonder, did, you know, how different did they look? Was that what made them scary to humans? Or did they just appear out of nowhere like, poof, here I am. And, you know, don't, don't be afraid that I just appeared to you out of nothing. Um, I don't know which it is. Either way, the angel says, do not be afraid, and then the angel talks about having good news. I've got good news for you. And to the people living in the Roman Empire at this time, the phrase good news or gospel was something that they would have been really familiar with. Uh, Caesars would use that phrase to describe what they were doing uh, throughout the, the Roman Empire. And so here's an inscription that was found on a government building in Rome dating from about 6 B.C. It gives us a little bit of insight into this word in the Bible that's translated gospel, literally good news, but how common it would have been at this time in the world. So this inscription on a, on a government building dated 6 B.C. says, The most divine Caesar we should consider equal to the beginning of all things, for when everything was falling into disorder, and tending toward dissolution, he restored it once more and gave the whole world a new aura, Caesar, the common good 
fortune of all, the beginning of life and vitality. All the cities unanimously adopt the birthday of the divine Caesar as the new beginning of the year. Whereas the providence which has regulated our whole existence has brought our life to the climax of perfection in giving to us the Emperor Augustus, who being sent to us and our descendants as Savior has put an end to war and has set all things in order. And whereas having become God manifest, Caesar has fulfilled all the hopes of our earlier times. So good news was a common, you know, announcement or pronouncement about all things related to Caesar. But the angel shows up to the, in the field this night and basically says, no, like, oh, oh, shepherds, no, no. I actually have good news for you, shepherds, news that will bring actual joy to your life. It's the start of better things. Well, what was the news? The news is that today a Savior and a Messiah has been born. And again, all these words would have made people think of an earthly king, a ruler like Caesar. But the angel said that this news is for all people, everyone. And the good news of Rome wasn't good news for everybody. Right? The good news that came from Rome, from Rome was only good to certain people. Good news from God was good for all the people. Jewish people and non-Jewish people. People who were poor and underprivileged. Everyone. And then Luke goes on in verse 13. He writes, Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Well, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So the shepherds didn't just take the angel at his word. They, they, they wanted to go and experience what they proclaimed for themselves. Why would they do that? Because I think they had, they had lived their whole lives being considered an afterthought, unclean, unimportant, uh, left out, overlooked. And yet the angel chose to hear the good news, chose them to hear the good news first. That was news for all people, and the people who were uninvited and didn't belong before were now the first group of people who were hearing about this truly good news. So joy for people like shepherds typically would have been hard to find. But the angel said it was theirs to experience, not because Jesus was going to be Caesar or put new people in power, but because the news of great joy was possible no matter who was in power, no matter what was happening in the world around you, no matter who was calling the shots. In other words, the angels were saying, hey, nothing about you in particular may change. Nothing about your life is maybe, maybe different, but your experience of Jesus can change everything. In your life, it can give you a joy no matter how bad things are in your world. And that means the good news for the shepherds is good news for us here this morning. Joy is something that we can choose today, no matter what our circumstances look like. Well, how do we know that? Well, let, let's skip ahead a bit to a passage in the book of Hebrews, which was, was written after Jesus had died and been resurrected. The early church is exploding in growth. And this book, uh, 
in the book of Hebrews, the author is talking to a group of Christians who are being persecuted for their faith, just for simply uh, believing that Jesus died and resurrected and telling other people about it. They're, they're being persecuted for that. They were wondering, hey, is it, is it really worth it to be imprisoned, to maybe give up my life to follow Jesus? And they, they probably didn't think joy was something that they could experience because of how bad life was going for them. And the writer says this in Hebrews 12, verse 1, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer. One translation says the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The author says even with the dying on the cross ahead of him, that Jesus was able to have joy because of what was ahead. He got through it because he knew that there was something on the other side of it, on the other side of the cross. He knew that the cross was not the end of the story. And Jesus chose the cross. The path that, it, I mean, it, honestly, if we're looking at that, that's the path that would have been the least joy-filled. Oh, I get to be arrested, tortured, nailed to a cross, and ultimately killed. Yeah, that sounds like there's a lot of joy in that, right? That, that seems like the, the least joy-filled. But that's the path that Jesus chose in order to show us what love looked like. And knowing that the true character and love of God would be made clear in his suffering up on the cross, that gave Jesus joy for you and I and what was going to happen. Because his dying on the cross made a way for us to be in a relationship with God and to experience for ourselves God's love. And when we experience this love of God, it's also then our key to joy. In other words, I think joy can show up in some unexpected places, in surprising ways, right? It, joy is possible no matter where you are in life and no matter how difficult it is. It can be reached and experienced and it's all because of Jesus. He models joy in the most unexpected places. He proves to us that joy has nothing to do with the, with the things that we want in this life. It has nothing to do with us denying the difficult things that are happening around us. It's found in spite of it and in the midst of it. And Jesus makes it available to us too. The shepherds experienced it 2,000 years ago when an angel told them that joy was possible because of good news for all people. And we can experience it today because the same good news from 2,000 years ago is still some great news of joy for us. God is with us, and God is for us, and because of Him, this kind of joy is possible for us. So now, what do we do? How do we activate that joy? Right? It starts with, I think, a simple phrase. Where there is not joy, bring it. Where there is not joy, bring it. Now maybe the idea of finding joy right now for you seems impossible. I'm just, let's just be honest up front. It, it's going to be difficult, right? In the middle of a hard day or bad news, um, it's difficult. But it's not impossible. As you think about this idea of joy in your own life, Try doing a few things. So, so number one, ask yourself, well, what would it look like to go to Jesus as my source of joy? 
What would it look like to try to find joy in Jesus in this season that I'm in right now? It could be something as simple as praying and asking Jesus to give you joy when things are difficult or asking him to help change your perspective on whatever, whatever it is that's happening in your life. Choosing joy could look like taking time to surround yourself with, uh, with music or nature. Uh, or I, I told this to the kids the other night. I, I, uh, uh, it's December, and I got to sit out at a campfire, which is one of my most favorite things to do. And uh, I just see joy and uh, I see God in, in nature all over the place. So I love going out in nature, taking hikes and uh, throwing on some good music, getting around the right people. Um, so what is it for you? Things that might help clear your mind to get you refocused back on Jesus. It could mean uh, we all need good people in our lives that are you know, tracking towards Jesus themselves, that on our tough days that we, we can just get around them and they just, those people that just lift your spirits, make you feel better, um, get around them. You know, make, make an opportunity to, to, to get near them. Um, what would it look like to go to Jesus as a source of joy and then remember that this isn't the whole story. Whatever, whatever you're facing right now, it's not the end of the story. The thing that feels difficult now may end up bring, uh, bringing you a sense of purpose and understanding later that you didn't think was possible. In the middle of this difficult thing, that you grow and learn through it and get a, get a whole new uh, understanding about it. Jesus endured the cross, but the cross was not the whole story. Right? There was joy in knowing that the cross wouldn't be the end. It was actually the start of better things. This awful life event was actually the start of better things. It, it was terrible and miserable, but it gave us a message of what God was really like in the middle of this bad thing happening, and that brings us joy. And so as you guys get to head out today, we're uh, marching down. It's Christmas is almost here, but just for today, as you guys head out with your family, I would encourage you to spend some time in conversations. I want you to start thinking about an area of life where you could really use some joy. Where's that, where, where's that part of life that just really knocks you down, beats you up? You're dreading it Monday morning for whatever reason. How can you experience joy? Talk about that with your family in the car ride home or over lunch. How can you introduce Jesus into that situation where it might change your perspective on what's going on? And maybe experience joy. And then begin thinking, well, you know what? What does joy look like in my life? Even if that difficult thing that I'm going to step into tomorrow doesn't change. What if it actually gets worse? How do I bring joy into that? Remember, None of us have a life where everything is perfect, but all of us have access to joy. A joy that God made possible that wasn't dependent on anything except for God's goodness. Where there is not joy, let's bring it this holiday season. Let me pray, and we will get ready to sing another song here. God, thank you uh, for Jesus, that he endured the cross 
but did so because he knew that that's not the end of the story, that there was something that was going to happen on the backside. There was more to the story. And God, whatever hard things each person in the room may be facing, it's not the end of the story. There's, there's more uh, to our stories that you're writing. And God, I just my prayer for everyone in the room today is that we could experience your deep joy that these difficult places and things and circumstances that we walk into every day, we get, to, we get to choose to bring you into it with us. And we get to take joy with us wherever we go. So uh, as hard as that is sometimes, um, it's possible. God, just help us to live in that truth and, and grab a hold of that reality and, and, tr- and try our very best to live that out in our lives. We love you so much. And pray this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.